Radio 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 Level 5 is an artist-run podcast from Level 5, a cooperative studio floor in the center of Brussels. In our podcasts, we invite artists and other people to discuss which interests inspire their practice and how they work. Sometimes, we also play sound pieces. Today, Bechiva Ross and Bosfenerhout speak with Kevin Gallagher. Kevin works primarily in sculpture. The discussion touches upon the materials he uses and the motives and interests in his work. Hope you enjoy. Hello, today here we are again with Radio Level 5. And uh, today it's me, Bas van den Hout and Bacheva Ross. Um, today we're going to interview Kevin Gallagher. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're going to ask you some questions about your practice and some shows you did before. And uh, What are you working on these days? And um, How would you describe your practice more or less? Installation-based, object-making? What would you define yourself as an artist? Hmm. That, it's a difficult question, but I think I make mm, sculptures that are installed in very specific ways. Mm-hmm. So there's always an element of installation, but at the end of the day it's still sort of like objects that can be taken out and re- and kind of situated. So you normally think of an object as a universe of its own, and then when it comes to putting it, uh, placing it within a show space, you kind of uh, regard the space and see it as installation. Yeah, I think it can go both ways. I think sometimes the, the um, Maybe more the direction I'm moving in now is that like a single work can en- encapsulate this sort of universe quality, but sometimes it's more like there there are sculptures that have certain relationships with, with each other that form kind of like a larger like network or ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Talking about universe, we looked before this interview and uh, some of your body of work, and it seems like you are creating shows which are very much a internal. Uh, how would I say, universe, and uh, you have some kind of, uh, even a language you are building, uh, you know, there are s- specific elements, specific symbols uh, that reoccur uh, from show to show. Uh, we said the carrots, the flowers, the containers, uh, clear containers, the tubes, uh, functionality or dysfunctionality, nature, um, body and space. Um, okay, so I was I had here a long list. Uh, let's maybe break through them and understand each element and more or less what it means for you. So should we talk about na- natural versus uh, kind of structural element in your work? Mm-hmm. What I'm what I'm interested in is I think since uh, the ateliers like this carrot is a reoccurring thing. I think back then it was an, uh, a natural carrot. Like uh, I think now you kind of shaped it yourself, and it's not this uh, natural element anymore. Where this this came in, and where does this interest come from, or what what does it represent for you in a way? Mm-hmm. Like uh, yeah, uh, the, um, yeah. I started working with this kind of carrot form. It's like a it's a carrot with a very simple um, face carved into it that is a bit similar to like the Easter Island head or something like that. 
So the 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 carrot form, it's it's a simple carrot with like this kind of. It's not a simple carrot. It's a very complex carrot with a with a face carved into it, and then um, there's sticks that are stuck for the legs and for the arms, and so it creates like a um, human proximity. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what initially drew me to using carrots as this kind of like human form. I mean, there's like this, uh, there's this kind of history of like the mandrake root, which was this like root that would be pulled from the ground and a lot of times it resembled humans. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it had this kind of like mm, spiritual properties attached to it and kind of like pre-modern medicine. I don't know this uh, tradition. Mm -hmm. where, where does it come from? The mandrake root? I think yeah. it's like a European thing. Um, it's it's a root vegetable similar to the to the carrot, mm -hmm. but once in a while, like when they were excavated from the ground, they would resemble humans, and because of this, there was this sort of like sympathetic magic, that because it had this humanoid form, that it would have some sort of application to some ailment of one sort or another. So did they idealize it? Why did it? No, it was more just like a kind of medicinal herb. Mm -hmm. um, Mm, but I was doing a little bit of one other thing. I, I was like a few things, like a constellation that kind of came together that made the carrot like a compelling candidate for use in this practice, like or in this work. Uh, carrots also have like a large amount of carotene in them, which is like um, what, um, which is what we need in order to see. So I like the idea that like carrots help you like see better they're kind of like mm -hmm. the artist's vegetable oh wow yeah <laughs> and then uh the, i also learned because i made the, i started working with it in the netherlands that that carrots are actually are orange because of the dutch mm -hmm. because um during the colonial era um you know the dutch were amazing kind of early botanists they were cultivating uh tulips and also lots of other vegetables and um, they bred carrots to be orange in honor of the kingdom of orange of the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. So it was strange how it had this kind of like uh, colonial history attached to it that you kind of take for granted now. Like, um, um, so that's a bit of background about the, the reason why, the, why I started to be drawn to the carrot. Um, but yeah, it has this kind of materialistic thing that kind of captivated me too. They're kind of like knobbly. They have this kind of skin-like texture. Um, there's something about them that kind of has a kind of bodily, uh, corporeal quality. Um, so uh, I was initially, um, I thought it would be interesting to create a situation where uh, a sculpture needs like very specific conditions in order to survive. And so after I carved the carrot, I thought, okay, this is like a nice sculpture, but of course, if you leave it out, it will rot or shrivel. And so I decided to put the carrot into this like pickling bath. Mm -hmm. So that's what you saw at the ateliers. There are these um, ready-made like IKEA storage um, boxes that I um, put a layer of, uh, of pickling solution in, like a simple pickling solution with vinegar and water and salt. And then the sculpture is then placed into that pickling solution. So, so they're like, they're kind of preserved in this state. They're, they're within a particular condition that enables them to have like, to kind of survive. 
Mm -hmm. ah, okay, so actually the, the, the liquid uh, uh, helps to keep the shape of it. Because I mm -hmm. was thinking that um, it's that uh, after a while this, this uh, water will uh, deform it because connected to these flowers, I remember, mm -hmm. with the, uh, um, how do you say it? The, the Ventilator, yes. fan, yeah. Because there actually the opposite happens that you have the flower, the, the, the shape of the flower, and because of the ventilator, it kind of deforms. So I thought it mm. has the connection between these two. That, that, that yeah, we were talking about how much control do you have about of your elements? Because mm. you're using live elements a lot of times, flowers mm -hmm. and carrots, or lately in the show when Alma Sarif used also corn. Mm -hmm. How much do you want to control? Mm, I think especially in that installation at uh, at the ateliers, the, there were a lot of, um, I guess, organic materials that, uh, like a, around the time there were like a lot of people using the word like entropy, being interested in like entropy and decomposition. And I thought like from a political perspective, I was more interested in like thinking about like um, equilibrium or preservation or uh, things like this seem to be a more interesting question. So in that exhibition there were a lot of materials that were sort of like preserved in different ways. So the carrots and then there were these these tubes that were kind of made uh, also from a natural material from gelatin but were kind of in the state of preservation. Um, and the the flowers which the actual ingredient that I was kind of like preserving was more the pollen. So the pollen was being um, blown off of the flowers with these ventilators and then suspended on these um, slow drying oil canvases. So it was kind of collecting, it was kind of an accumulation and suspension of this like material residue of this flower, mm -hmm. which also is kind of funny for me because it's like, the, the work was called pollinator, and then it's like the reproductive organ of the plant. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of this like wind, this like yeah. sperm wind. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was also interested in like embodiment in my own body because in making that work, funnily enough, I'm like, I would go to the market each day because the market is behind the ateliers and buy like the old flowers. Because actually, when flowers are older, it's best. It's a, that's when the pollen is dried out. Mm -hmm. But I'm allergic to pollen, mm -hmm. so it became kind of like this, like slightly masochistic <laughs> work where I would be working with it in my studio, and then I'd have to take like a <laughs> allergy medication, and my eyes would be puffy. And interesting <laughs> choice, yeah. That yeah. was really the case then back then that it has really this, uh, yeah, what you said, this masochistic. That did it affect you a lot back then working with it? Uh, I ended up building in my studio like a chamber, like a plastic uh, chamber that I kept all the like flower materials in, um, which was I think the one thing about that exhibition which I thought about more in future shows is like how do you allow elements of the studio or elements of your process to be on display and I think it's still something I'm trying to resolve mm. because with Atelier show there was this kind of like yin-yang thing happening where my the my studio was incredibly filthy and filled with stuff and then the actually the works in the exhibition had a pretty it looked pretty clean like in terms of the the way th it wasn't super messy mm -hmm. um, but you did see the table with the oil and with the 
on the kitchen, the way you cut. So it was kind of a studio. Yeah, so that was the next uh, manifestation of the carrot sculpture, mm -hmm. um, which was uh, shortly after the ateliers at a space in uh, Spain called Fluent. Mm -hmm. And it was very nice because that exhibition space is in an apartment and it's next to the sea. And so when you look out of the windows, you see like the horizon of the, of the sea. And the works had, a, had, of course, liquid in them. So there was this nice kind of doubling of the, mm -hmm. of the liquid out the window and the liquid in, the, in these kind of tower blocks. I think about them a bit like, yeah, they, when they're stacked, these containers have a little bit of like an architectural quality mm -hmm. to them. Right. So it's like a city of these like carrot forms. Yeah, but they come from a totally different uh, world than like either a kitchen or a body. There are something else. They are like mm -hmm. office or I don't know. Daycare or something. Yes, yeah. carrot daycare. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. No, I'm thinking about these containers. Where, what world do they? Oh yeah, in? what world do they come from? Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought for me, like it had a little bit to do with just like the lifestyle that I was leading at mm -hmm. the time of always being between, not really having an apartment for more than a year, year and a half, constantly being on the move. You start to like think about the. Uh, the durability of transport. Mm -hmm. And so those boxes were something that kind of surrounded me already. Mm -hmm. And so they seemed like a, a nice metaphor for a type of like lifestyle, like mm. precarious lifestyle or something like that. Interesting, yeah. Is that also where these plastic boxes came in then? Because it's, it's also a reoccurring thing often. Mm -hmm. and is it referring to that, like always this on the move and always storing and uh, taking care of your stuff? Like, uh, yeah. It's, is mm -hmm. that where it comes from, this kind of uh, this box or where, where it came in, in a way? Yeah, it was like, it was in, I was, I mean, the, the idea to preserve the carrots kind of came before the box, like they didn't appear at the same moment. So I was like thinking a lot about how I could make this process visible. And, uh, and I was thinking initially how I would build, I would actually build like a plexiglass kind of fish tank or something like that. Um, and then I started thinking about it might be nice to use something that was already like ready-made and in the world that would have the qualities that I wanted. And mm -hmm. it turned out that these boxes had that sort of quality and you can like source them anywhere. So in Spain, he just bought them mm -hmm. uh, yeah. from a Spanish Ikea. So also just working via Ikea, it has this like ability to, since the work is kind of a, is kind of a, a work that's made according to a set of instructions and is remade. It's not like a, it's more like a, it's more like a recipe, like with right. food, you have a, you need the ingredients and using these boxes, which are so ubiquitous in Europe, became a simple way to like execute the recipe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in that, just to go back to the, to that show, um, the, there was two rooms. So in one room you had these like tower blocks of the carrots preserved carrots and then the second room was where I made the carrots and it was like a table and I had bought more ingredients than I needed so there was like this surplus of material mm -hmm. and at a certain point in conversation with the curator <clears throat> uh, we it, it became really like an interesting sight this, seeing this arrangement of these kind of carrot carved carrots and it seemed a bit like almost like a battery mm -hmm. for the sculpture so that was I guess that was a moment where I was like oh yeah like put the process a little bit on display mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a bit of a theatrical display but still that sort of yeah yeah because I was also curious like uh, uh, 
what the end what the end state means for you in a way like it's always and is it, is it something you work more often with like like this uh, recipe of making a work like like uh, yeah that you give instructions and uh, pieces are made like that instead of like having a fin finished piece mm -hmm. in the sense of like a physical end I think it can go both ways. I think with that work, it is like a recipe, but um, maybe it was more of the works at that time. Also, the, the, the pollinator, the work with the flowers and the fans would also be kind of like a recipe. Like mm -hmm. you just source the materials and then you can put it together yourself. Mm. Um, because but, I was also curious yeah. about with this work, like because it's blown on a canvas, mm -hmm. but the canvas is not like the end result in a sense. It's, it's the whole uh, installation that is the work mm -hmm. like uh, it was not uh, after the show that you took out the canvas and that was also a piece on itself or mm -hmm. yeah it was actually mm. um in that show there were two canvases on display one was sort of in process and the other one was finished um and the one that was finished they were really it was it was like probably like the most beautiful thing i've ever made <laughs> <laughs> you don't they think were you really, really beautiful? they were really pretty just mm. like they were like it looked like this kind of cosmic uh landscape it was mm. they're quite yeah just like uh yeah nice looking things um so let me ask what's your how would you i mean because your sense of aesthetics is very particular how mm -hmm. would you define i mean when you say this is the most beautiful thing i know you made it as a joke but uh mm -hmm. i mean mm. what's your relations to aesthetics my relations to aesthetics because mm. uh, yeah. maybe def i'll define the question mm -hmm. a bit more because there's something functional about your uh, your works. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost functional, but it's it seems as if functionality is some kind of an aesthetic. Thing. Mm -hmm. And there's also a, there's a feeling that you're mimicking some kind of uh, a situation. Am I? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Our situation, maybe. Maybe our situation. Yeah, but, yeah. But you're creating something that's almost alive in this in this space. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Mm, I think. Uh, uh, I like the word administration, like how things are administered, mm -hmm. the administration of things. Uh, so, um, and uh, I'm just trying to think a little, I'm trying to connect a little bit about to kind of like where I'm at now. I guess one thing that I like is when a, um, like a kind of state of being or something like that like uh like where there's a, where you feel a little bit like the the object embodies a sort of like condition mm -hmm. or state of being that and that condition maybe might be almost more like a could also be like a psychological condition or mm -hmm. like a you kind of project onto it. Maybe you, I, I don't know if I like the word empathy so much, but maybe you like empathize, you can empathize mm -hmm. with it, mm -hmm. with the condition that it's in. Um, and uh, so I guess that's, I don't know if that, does that relate a little bit to the interest, the aesthetic interest? Or the I just wanted to ask you, how would you approach, uh, you know, the question of aesthetics? What, how mm -hmm. would you define it? I guess that's an answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, right 
You know, what interests me is like what you referred before to the storing boxes. Mm -hmm. And when I think about the show, it's almost a reef. There again, you have these sleeping bags, mm -hmm. but also kind of in the same universe of being on the move. Yeah. And now we're sitting in your studio and, and we're surrounded by this wax. It's also always something on the move or something always deforming. Uh, mm -hmm. um, yeah, maybe tell us a bit about what you're working on now, or you wanted to. Yeah, say we could talk yeah. about the Alma Sarif yeah, show a little bit because okay. that might be a good bridge. Because um, yeah. I got a bit cloudy, like okay. with the last question, and I think the Alma Sarif show could be a good bridge to like what's in the studio now, because that show is called Figuration. So right. I was, yeah. So like this idea of something being figurative, uh, maybe also relates to this condition of being, uh, which I think is like kind of an ex it's it's ex it gives me energy somehow uh, mm -hmm. in making stuff but uh, but what boss was saying about the the sleeping bag sculptures um, with the lamps uh, yeah what were you saying about them again yeah the, the connection between these storing boxes and uh, on the, the, the sleeping bags yeah. and being on the move it, I also uh, had this yeah. connection it, it, in my mind um, yeah it seems to be a reoccurring thing in a way yeah yeah true i th uh it's almost I like a swiss knife right that you have right. it's both a knife and a <laughs> bottle opener and this is both a sleeping bag and it puts light for you to read the book yeah true yeah i think there's like uh functionalism maybe that's where that comes in is like a uh, interest that you could imagine the the that two things that are useful to you <clears throat> like a sleeping bag keeps you warm at night let's say it's a metaphor for like a bed or even a home and then the lamp is like um allows you to like see in the dark so so i think those two things form kind of like a reference to like a home within a single object because they both you can relate to them Maybe this is why I often use kind of like functional objects in my work, is that it gives it gives you a relationship to like the things that you use in your normal life or something like that. And there's mm -hmm. that kind of use value um, is something interesting to to kind of sometimes put on display in a certain way. Um, yeah, I think also a lot about like inhabiting, like what does mm -hmm. it mean for works to inhabit a space? How do they make themselves comfortable? In what situation do they like feel at home? Uh, and uh, yeah, and how, how do you work towards a show like, for instance, Alma Sharif, or in general? Mm -hmm. um, is it really really that you work towards the space, or like? Um, that you really construct the space itself, mm -hmm. or do you work with pieces that already existed? How how uh, mm -hmm. yeah, how do you work towards a show in general? Mm. That show was kind of a long process of studio work without the exhibition in mind. So it was a certain amount of like putting on display what I had done in the last year. But um, I think still within an exhibition, you're kind of like trying to build an argument a little bit. So uh, for me, like a really important part of making shows is like editing. So I always like to have like more than I need. And then like there's a process of refinement to kind of 
get at a get to a situation where you feel like the objects are communicating things to each other which for me could happen on like an associative level so like a visual level like in that exhibition there were a lot of circles um, the circle became like extended and then it's a tunnel mm -hmm. or the circle becomes an image um, which is the first photograph you see in the show which is this like uh, partially digested gelatin print mm -hmm. um, and then uh, and then there's this just thinking about like the title of the show figuration um, I commissioned a, a meal who's also in level five, to take a picture of me wearing this flower headdress. Mm -hmm. And then there was this nice exchange between me um, becoming this object, which a flower, becoming an organism. Whereas in the show, there were two sculptures, the, the corn personified and the carrot personified, which were sort of objects becoming humans Human somehow. Becoming. Yeah, so I like this kind of like, uh, yeah, kind of. Tra I felt like it was kind of a transformative space. There were mm -hmm. things that were kind of rhyming with each other, and within that, like rhyme or uh, uh, within that rhyme or yeah, poetics, uh, you get this kind of uncanny slippages of mm -hmm. of your identity in other things or those things becoming you. Mm. Um, that was the thing I also liked about the carrot is that if you eat too many carrots, you start to become orange. Right. Like your eyes become orange, or your face becomes orange, which is just like kind of uncanny for me. Yeah. Never knew that. <laughs> I knew yeah, that. if you eat like babies, babies for instance, if they eat too many carrots, they have this kind of orange skin. Yeah. Um, and what I'm also uh, was curious about, like uh, when you see this show at Boymans, where you work, I don't know what, what, what object it was, but <coughs> with, with, uh, with the tube towards the ceiling, mm -hmm. and then move on towards other shows. This. The, the tube becomes more abstracted, but it's also a reoccurring thing. And um, is that also where the tube for the first time more started? Is this uh, where it came in? And then uh, now did you came in the end to this gelatine kind of mm -hmm. object? Uh, mm. Yeah. Or, or is there a match between these two? Is it where it kind of started? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't think about that exhibition having the tube form in it, but it, do, it did. It had the, there were um, two air, air portable air conditioners that were uh, circulating air on the ground floor. And then on the first floor, they were exhausting the warm air. So you had this like warm space on the first floor and then a cold space on the ground floor. Um, I was thinking about the, I wasn't sure why, but I thought maybe we would address the tunnel. And I was thinking about like what it is. And I feel like it's almost like the modern version of the cave, mm -hmm. mm. like the, the primitive idea of kind of escaping reality or, you know, a moment of retreat or uh, it was sort of the cave in prehistoric societies. Mm -hmm. And then like now it's the tunnel or yeah, mm -hmm. the, I don't know. The tunnel is like a mm -hmm. is kind of our invention, which is also below ground and submerged and uh, dark and things like this. So. But I, I thought it was also has to do with the guts, like a tube of, uh, of your stomachs mm -hmm. and your... Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, digestion. Digestion. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also true, especially... Um, was there something that made you think of that specifically, digestion? Well, I know that you were uh, working with uh, stomach fluids and trying to... And also the photo was... Uh, I worked with it. Uh, right, you mm -hmm. 
So, and I had this feeling that you are working with like bodily partner. They feel almost anthropomorphic. Like like worms or like the stomach, something digesting. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. No, it's yeah. true. I think in that, yeah, digestion is also kind of an engine and it's a transformative process. It's also a lot of food that we're talking about here. You know. Yeah, like materials that can be consumed and are yeah. consumed or not consumed and what that does to you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think digestion is also like kind of a help helpful term mm. for me thinking about digesting something you're digesting now the term digest yeah <laughs> trying to mm. my sleepy way oh maybe are, are we ready to talk about what you're we're doing now in the uh -huh. studio yeah sure okay let's talk mm -hmm. so around us we have we see corns or formed oh you say you talk about corn forms corn forms <laughs> made of uh, wax that is uh, not exactly wax yeah it's wax that's been sculpted but um, it's not it's made of uh, is it real wax or industrial wax I guess it is yeah. I don't know what makes wax real wax yeah, okay. it's not beeswax yeah um, I think it actually comes from like a, a ref oil refinement process but yeah. it's the wax that you buy it like it's casting wax I guess okay um, so yeah I was um, thinking about the thing so I'm from an area of the United States called the Midwest mm -hmm. which uh, where there's a lot of corn mm -hmm. like uh, being made so I was the the corn kind of appeared in the Almost Sarif show and I was thinking about how to um, investigate it or just kind of contemplating what could be the next iteration of this kind of corn imagery mm -hmm. and in uh, Chicago on the on the lake front um, there's two high-rise apartment buildings that that are endearingly referred to as like the corn cob buildings mm -hmm. they're like anthropomorphic architecture that look like uh, corn with um, so you have the cob and then you have the kernels and the kernels are like the edible parts those are like the fruit and then you have the husk mm -hmm. um, so I I thought that that was kind of a brilliant like modular system so I think what I'm doing in these works is like playing around with this corn to like a more or less naturalistic degree um, so what we're seeing as now, a modular system and in each work there's always a, a, a some sort of a truck that's unloading the, the corn yeah just to explain it's like the sizes of the corn you are making from wax are some one is uh, more or less the size of a normal corn one is a bit bigger they hang hung in a way which seems like they seem almost like buildings but they could be also i was thinking of a disco ball or something like that or but they they seem like an object which is uh, already it 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 uh, connects to the corn but it could be also something else next to it there's always you see from made of wax tracks Right, you are making out of the same material. Um, yeah, are you gonna paint them? No, or were you thinking about it? Just um, I'm actually thinking about casting them in yeah. a certain material, but I'm not sure what the material would be just mm -hmm. yet. Um, there are certain things I really like about the the wax already, <clears throat> but the problem is it's not very durable, and I I'm, think I'm searching for a more like durable solution. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe trying to maintain a little bit of the natural color palette mm. and also the softness. Um, and I like, I think, 
I like that the the truck is also made of the same material as the core, right. and it seems important to me that they're that there's a mono material mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they're mono material. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm quite happy with like the display structures. So maybe those would stay. Yeah, so the plinths are part yeah. of the object themselves. Many mm -hmm. of your works are here, especially. Yeah, again, you kind of get into the situation, I think, with these uh, of kind of like thinking about like this one is like an exhaust kind of an exhausted corn. <laughs> like I like that it could have a kind of pathos, the yeah, object. The, it looks the like it's rising out of the earth. Uh, you have here a sculpture made of, again, this kind of uh, wax coming out of the earth, we would you say? Mm -hmm. Is it like a, or being it's buried? Empty. It or has no corns inside, just the, the, the food is the, the cob. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's also next to it some element that looks like a ladder. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's railroad tracks ah. I was thinking about. Okay. I thought it would be a nice way to, um, like what would be another way of transporting the, the ah. kernels away if you don't have a truck, maybe, a, maybe a, a, a train could also do that job. So all of them are like uh, scenes of uh, uh, little midgets taking away the corns out of, uh, of uh, huge corns or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought there's like a funny, you get, because there's always like three elements. There's like the, the corn cob, and then there's like the fruits, which we call the kernels, and then there's a truck or a, or a train. And with those three elements, you can play like a kind of scale game. So you could mm -hmm. make the, the, the truck much bigger than it should be, or you could make the corn much bigger than it should be. So mm -hmm. maybe there's kind of fun you can have with scale. Yeah. There's also one hanging by the ceiling, which I haven't covered in wax yet. But um, I had a f friend in the studio yesterday, and she mentioned that, like, when you hang it from the ceiling, the whole room becomes the becomes the kind of pl uh, environment. Mm -hmm. True. So that's that was like I thought that was a nice thing to say or a nice uh, idea to think about. It looks almost like a behave or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. True. Um, and about the, you have these. Um, how would you say these? Uh, signs on the walls, commune, mm -hmm. commune. What what are they standing for? They're made of. They're they're. They're they resemble a piece of wood uh -huh. um, that I originally sculpted in in uh, clay, and then I cast. I made a mold of, and now they're cast plaster, and then I paint each one of them to resemble again more or less wood, different types of wood. Mm -hmm. And engraved in the piece of wood is the word commune. Um, and they have kind of a, the commune is more or less visible. Um, they kind of range from like, uh, like a kind of lighter wood to a darker wood that might have even looked like it was in a fire or something like that. And what's the deal with commune? Uh, that's a good question. I thought the word just had like a resonance to me. It's like, you know, it's the, it's a verb and also a noun. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of the 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 verbing of community, mm -hmm. communing. And then in in Brussels, it's funny because the different neighborhoods are called communes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it has. Uh, I was. I wanted to make like a sign, that had kind of a. Had a kind of slightly ambiguous. Uh, direction on it. Uh -huh. mm. And the fact that there are a few signs that are exactly the same and, and say the s exact same uh, 
word commune, 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 commune. Mm -hmm. That's maybe Brussels or... Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it has kind of a, I think it has kind of a folksy, folksy vibe to it. Mm -hmm. Like you, you might see something like that at like a camp, camping grounds right, or totally. something like that. Uh, and uh, yeah. And while speaking and what I hear you say more often or at least uh, as a starting point that's uh, like with the carrots, uh, but now also with the corn and um, it often starts with a story or an interest. Um, is it a way you in general always kind of work with like as a starting point or you just is the, the element of the story is it important to you? Mm. Mm, like the backstory of the yeah exactly like the carrots like this mm -hmm. this interest of what what the object is and uh, like is that an, if, like there starts an interest and from there mm -hmm. uh, an idea grows or you just start mm. um. uh, I think it goes both ways like you kind of like you realize it something is kind of resonating for you and then you start to find out more about it and then maybe the things that you find out give you more faith that that it's a good nice thing to invest more energy into and then um yeah like the funny thing is maybe two years ago the story i told about the the pickled corn sculpture would have been completely different mm -hmm. so the story also changes depending on whatever your current interests are but uh but yeah i think there is always a, like a little bit of narrative a narrative impulse i would say within mm -hmm. within the work yeah and research, but research that isn't really like, uh, there's not so much like, um, the things don't exactly look researchy at the end of the day, mm -hmm. but it maybe is helpful for me to, to inform my own, uh, like, yeah, to inform myself or something like that and make them feel more, uh, more of a resonance or value. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. C'est tout. C'est tout. We have something to add. I think we covered quite a lot and uh, mm -hmm. got a good uh, feeling for your beautiful work. Um, maybe there's something else you want to add that you feel like we didn't touch upon or it's important to know about you yeah. and your work. Or is there something coming up like uh, on the horizon? Um, towards something? Corona days. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm just, uh, I'm quite... Uh, excited by this um, wax, uh, newfound wax interest. Mm -hmm. So it's more just thinking about how, uh, what the next steps. I think that's kind of what's uh, occupying my brain recently mm -hmm. is just how they, how what the next step would be in how they. Busy for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Thanks thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you yeah. so much.